Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Find Me in a Book podcast. I'm your host, Tav, and this is episode six, where we are going to be discussing The Royals Next Door by Karina Halley. This is a non-fantasy book, so just like regular everyday life. This book also takes place basically like now-ish, so it's a very modern book. I really thought it was a cute, quick read. I didn't have any complaints about it. It was so nice. It was so cute and a great storyline. And if you want like a cute, quick read, like rom-com, it is a funny book. Uh, But yeah, if you want a rom-com, this is definitely the book to pick up. As for the sister-mother standard, yeah, I would love if both of them read it. I think my sister would really like it. And I think my mom would like it. I don't think my mom would like the toast scenes, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. But she can always, like, fast forward through them. (laughs) That's dating me. Like, fast forward is, like, the VCR. Some people might not know what a VCR is. I don't know. What I mean by fast forward is, like, skip through. (laughs) I hope I never have to explain that again. I hope that I didn't have to explain it right there, but I did because you just never know the audiences. As for my mom, yeah, I think she would like it, but I don't think that she would ever pick it up. And as for swearing, it's really light. Uh, I felt like they are appropriate swears, especially because this is based in Canada and off of a little island in Canada, and we'll kind of go over that. And so it is ruled by the king and queen still. And so like Britain, British people are there. They swear a lot more than Americans, I think. I don't really know. So there are a a few more swear words. Also, I really don't know very much about British people, so I could be totally lying to you. That's a possibility. I do recommend this book. It is a very cute book, and I'll try and go over it as much as I can, but there is only so much I can portray or get across to you guys, and there is a lot that you would still be missing from not reading this book. And when I tell you that you're missing out on these toast scenes... Yeah, you're missing out because they are spicy. Not like descriptive as in crude, but they're spicy and very, okay, that's really nice. You know, like when it happens, I'm like, okay, whoa, where's my fan? I need a fan for this. Like this, I do enjoy these toast scenes and I think that you would enjoy them as well. Let's get into this book. And just so that you're aware, Lots of spoilers ahead, so if you're not going to read this book, that's okay. Spoilers are great, but if you are going to read it, just be aware that most of this review is spoilers, so don't get mad at me. If you want to know more about this book, The Royals Next Door, just keep on listening. This book starts out in a school setting. First sentence says, Nikki Graves just threw up in my handbag. So you know she's a teacher. And she's a teacher to little kids. I think it's the second grade, I want to say. First thing, kid throws up in a handbag. She says, you know what? It was my fault, really. I knew he was sick. Even though he, like, tried to muster up some eight-year-old, like, courage and pretend he wasn't. We then learn that Piper, who's the teacher, main character of the story... She says that most people move to Salt Spring Island um, for only a few years, and then if you make it to about five years, you're considered like a real islander. And she's made it to five, but she hasn't managed to get close to anyone. People really think that she'll eventually go back to like the mainland. And then once the whole fiasco of the kid throwing up in her handbag, um, the kids get released for the end of the day. She decides to trash the handbag because, I mean, what else are you supposed to do? Like, clean it out? No, that's some kid's puke. I'm not going to save that bag. So she's, like, trying to salvage her stuff, and another teacher comes in, and she asks her, like, have you heard? Do you know Prince Edward and M. Red? Which, a.k.a. is Monica Red, a.k.a. Monica, a.k.a. Duchess of Fairfax. And she's like, 
uh, yeah, of course I know who they are. And this other teacher is like, well, they're here on the island, like today, like now, and looking for real estate. And the whole island is losing their mind. There's been paparazzi arriving, and the town is basically at a standstill. So then it starts to describe these royals, which in real life really sounds very, very similar to Prince Harry and Meghan Markle which if you follow them, you know their whole story. If you don't follow them, she was an actress, still, still is kind of an actress. Actually, I don't know anymore since she's had her kids. Um, and Prince Harry, of course, is a prince. And they fall in love, and it's kind of controversial because she's not a royal, but they fall in love anyways and get married, and the royal family kind of doesn't want anything to do with her. It's a big thing. I'm pretty sure that this book is kind of based off of that. This island that they live on, that Piper lives on, is a part of like British Columbia, Canada, a small yet eccentric haven uh, between like Vancouver Island and the main, the mainland, they call it. Piper and this teacher are having this conversation about the royals and how they're on the island supposedly. And Piper was like, well, I don't have a driver's license, so I'm going to try and go get that you know, and even if I can't, like, I will probably get home, I will probably go home and hope I don't run into, like, any cops. So Piper heads out to her car. She describes it as a 2000 Honda Civic hatchback. She calls it the garbage pail. Hanging from the mirror is a pair of fuzzy dice that her father had won for her at an arcade when she was a teenager. That was before he ditched out. So we we learned that she is from a single parent household, that her house is located at the end of the peninsula. But the thing is, even though they live on that part where it's very like rich and affluent, um, they actually own the three bedroom that used to be the servant's quarter to the mansion next to it. So she she's making it to her house and all of a sudden she comes to this roadblock. There's this tall, broad-shouldered tree of a man I just, <laughs> that's a great description. Tree of a man uh, standing in the middle of the road at the top of the small hill. And he's holding his hand out like he's trying to, of course, stop her. And so she rolls down her window and asks, like, hello, like, what's wrong? Like, why are you stopping me? And he says, I need you to turn around. She's like, um, <laughs> no, I live here. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm going to need you to turn around. She replies back to him like, who even are you? Like, I'm not turning around. I live here. And if you don't let me go home to my mother, who, by the way, suffers from DPD and, P and BPD, which is dependent personality disorder, I want to say, and bipolar disorder. She's going to end up calling the police when I don't show up. Hell, I'll call the police right now and report you and instead of him asking her to leave again he inquires like oh what's dpd piper's like oh my gosh like i didn't want to drag my mom into this there are pretty few people that know what she has so like the fact that she told him this very commanding rude british stranger feels weird and she tells him like it stands for dependent personality disorder and before you ask about bpd that stands for borderline personality disorder okay so not bipolar it's per borderline personality disorder and he asks her like okay since you say that you live here what's your address and <laughs> she's like wait 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 like you never told me who you are like, why should I tell a stranger my address? You think I want to see your face peeping through my window? Like, I don't know. He just frowns. I, I'm getting a feeling that this guy just doesn't have, like, very much humor. And he's like, it's Harrison. Harrison Cole PPO. And he's like, you know, I can't let you go through here. Like, you have to prove that you are who you say you are, that you live where you say you live, like, or you'll have to turn around. She's like, wait, I don't even know, like, I don't know who you are. Like, what? what's a PPO? Since you ask me, like, what a BPD is, like, what are you? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm a personal protection officer, like, by order of Her Majesty the Queen of the United Kingdom. <laughs> she kind of freaks out and was like, like, a bodyguard? Are you, like, oh my gosh, are you Eddie and Emerald's bodyguard? He kind of just ignores her and, and tells her, like, you know, I'll let you go home if you prove to me 
that you live there. Like, let me see your driver's license. And remember, <laughs> like, she doesn't have her driver's license. It's covered in puke. So she tells him, like, um, <laughs> I don't have it. And he's still not believing her. He thinks that she is some sort of photographer or journalist, probably a super fan. But either way, like, he's going to call the police if she doesn't leave. And at that point, a cop car did pull up and it was the chief of police, Bert Collins, his his name. And she is more than happy to talk to him because it is a small town and the chief of police knows her. So she's like waving him down like, Bert, Bert, like, hey, hey, it's Piper. (laughs) And then she tells him the situation of like, hey, a a kid threw up in my handbag today, like how to throw it away, had my wallet in it, like... I I was going to get a temporary license after school, but the town looked crazy. Like, this guy does not believe I live here. Bert just looks at her like, Piper, like, you know you can get in trouble for driving without a license. But then he, like, looks at the guy whose name is Harrison, and he's like, you know, I can can vouch for her. Like, she's okay. Like, she does live at the big property at the very end. And the guy named Harrison, like, the PPO officer, his name is Harrison. And he's very confused because he's like, wait, but that's where, like, that's the real estate in question. Like, we were told it's unoccupied. Like, no renters. Like, she... She lives there, and and Bert is like, no, 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 no. She lives in the guest cottage. It's a separate property, um, and back in the day, it was the guest quarters for the main house for the help and all that. And Piper's mom bought it like about five years ago when it had just been like subdivided uh, into the two different properties. But they sh- do share a driveway, and that's it. Once they get into the driveway and into like by her house. Her mom is actually there poking her head throughout like the narrow opening and she eyes them both like suspiciously like why are you late who's that like just asking all these different questions and that's when Piper kind of pulls Harrison to her and is like mom like this is Harrison Cole he's a he's our new neighbor and she yeah she grabs Harrison's forearm like pulls him forward so that he's standing like right next to her and she doesn't let go and she's like, oh, mom, like he might rent the house next door. Like I thought I'd show him where we live. And he he plays along, which is very kind uh, and tells her like, OK, like I'll be in touch. Like if they do end up renting this place, we'll need to put like a security gate at the beginning of the driveway. And they'll need her permission for that as well, because they share a driveway and he will put like the forms in the mailbox. Harrison leaves and Piper walks into the house and we learn more that ever since her dad left them when she was 14, like her mom has become more dependent on her. She tells her mom like, hey, technically he's looking to rent the place. Nothing's been finished. This is what I thought was pretty cool because this is basically what I'm doing. But Piper has a romance podcast and it's called Romancing the Podcast. It's quite popular. The next day after school, uh, that one teacher, her name is Cynthia. Uh, she was the one that came by the day before and talked to her about the Royals. So Cynthia asked her like, hey, do you want to go grab like a nice coffee, cinnamon bun? And when they're almost to the counter, there's this lady that like loudly exclaims like, no. And her friend leans over to like whatever she's looking at on her screen and they both just gasp. And then all of a sudden there is someone running by the shop and then another person, another person heading in the direction of the harbor. And then all of a sudden this woman and her friend just jump up and they are like frantic and they're like, Prince Eddie and his wife just arrived by seaplane. Cynthia is like, um, like, I kind of want to go. So Piper's like, go. Like, that's fine. Like, I'll be here by myself. She decides to head home after that, since obviously Cynthia's gone. That's when she sees Harrison. And Harrison is right beside like a black Range Rover and they're physically blocking the driveway and he's standing outside leaning against the door facing her like with his arms folded aviators on and just looking like super sharp and so she rolls down her window and he asks her like I'm gonna need to see some identification ma'am and she's like ID like hello you know who I am (laughs) like 
insists, like, I'm afraid I, I need to see your driver's license. And he says, like, or is it missing? So And she's like, so you do remember me. Like, you know who I am. And she had gotten her temporary license um, earlier that day. So she handed it over to him. Like, she tries to be as casual as she can and says, like, oh, like, so the Duke and Duchess have decided to rent the house. Like, he hands her paperwork and asks her, like, hey, have your mom sign it. Which she, in her head, was like, I don't know how this is going to go down. I don't want to explain to my mom who's moving next door. It's just going to be a headache. Like, it's going to be hard enough to explain the giant security gate going up, plus the secret agent men in the trees and the officers patrolling the boats, but throw all of that into the mix, like, it's not going to be easy, and she's going to have to, like, really sit her down and, and hope she listens and learns that, like, these strangers are not the enemy. So later that evening, Harrison actually stops by the house, and he's like, yeah, the Duke and Duchess of Fairfax request your company, and she's like, wait, 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 right now? Like, they want to see me right now, I mean, I would be freaking out. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, right now. So they make it over to the main house and the housekeeper says like, oh, please sit. Like, I'll the let them know that you're here. And so they come in and they meet Piper and it's going really well and having like great conversations. That's when Harrison kind of pipes up and says like, hey, there's still the matter of the NDA. And Monica says, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, of course, like, honestly, I hate when we even have to bring that up. I know things are going to be strange for you, especially once the media figures out where we are, and hopefully not before the fence goes up, because that would be rough. And really, like, there's no pressure for you to sign it. Like, it would just make us feel like a lot better. A couple days later, there is another knock on the door and Piper opens it and it's actually Monica with Harrison behind her. And she says like, oh, hey, uh, sorry to, you know, just drop by, but I realize that we don't have your phone number. And Piper's mom actually comes out from the bedroom and was like, hi, um, who is this? And, um, Piper's like, oh, um, it's our new neighbors. And Monica says like, oh yeah, I, I thought I would just drop by. Um, Eddie's in a meeting, like a virtual meeting, um, with the advisors back home. And that's when her mom like interrupts and is like, who's Eddie? And <laughs> they realize like, oh, her mom doesn't recognize Monica at all. And Monica says, like, oh, like, Eddie's my husband. Like, we moved in next door a few days ago. Her mom is just very blunt. And she turns to look at Harrison and is like, well, who the hell is this guy? And that's when they explain, like, oh, he's the personal protection officer. Like, don't worry. Like, and that's when Piper was like, you know what? I just need to cut to the chase. Like, I just need to tell her who these people are. So she does. She's like, Mom, this is Monica, the Duchess of Fairfax. She and her husband, Prince Eddie, have moved in next door to us. And her mom just kind of, like, sits there silently. And that's when Monica and Harrison excuse themselves. Piper sits down next to her mom and is like, hey, like, are you okay? Like, let, let's talk through this. And her mom is just bursts out in excitement. It's like, Piper, Piper, like, can you believe this? Like, I cannot believe this. I haven't been this excited for years. And that's when Piper says, like, oh, like, not even my wedding? And her mom's like, no, no, no. We all knew that was going to end in heartbreak. That Joey is a rat bastard. And Piper is really taken back at this because she's like, oh, like, you knew, did you? Like, you knew that he was going to cheat on me the night of the bachelor party? Did you know I'd leave him at the altar? Like, you knew all of that. And her mom is very dismissive and is like, please, Piper, like, let's not rehash this now. Like, you didn't marry him. That was for the best. Focus on the positive. We have royals for neighbors. And we're gonna go over to their house tomorrow for dinner. Like, I have to figure out how to make a cake. The next morning, Piper decides to take her little dog for a walk. All of a sudden, there's, like, so much media there. Piper's just like, can you, like, get away from me? Like, I'm trying to go on this morning walk without being harassed by the paparazzi. And a black SUV comes cruising down the driveway. And it's Harrison in the back seat and says, like, get in the car. Harrison and Piper are standing in line at the coffee shop. 
And Piper is just kind of like looking around. And that's when she gets nudged by Harrison and says like, hey, I believe this man knows you. So she looks ahead and it's Joey, her ex-fiance. And he's just like looking at her smiling like expectantly. In the- and so she says like, hi, and gives him like a, poni- a polite smile and a nod. Just, you know, the bare minimum, which is fair. And she really just does not want to get in a conversation with him, especially with Harrison right there. And then he goes, you're looking good, Pipes. Like, who says that? Like, it makes her cringe, obviously. Like, there's so many things to unpack about him. Like, first of all, he called her Pipes, which was his nickname for her that no one else called her for good reason, because it's a really bad nickname. And second of all, the way he's looking at her and the way he just dropped that compliment, like, makes it obvious that no one thinks Harrison and her together, which she's trying to kind of, like, hint towards so that he'll leave her alone and he's just not taking the hint and so she's like "Mm, thanks like (laughs) so she gets up to the cash register and that's when the the register girl like her mom is the town gossip and journalist and so she naturally is just a drama maker and just the worst and her name is amy and so she like looks at the situation and was like, oh, this is so awkward. So she like looks over at Joey, then back at her. And she's like, I haven't seen the two of you together since you left him at the altar. And that's when Harrison picks up the vibe. So he like looks straight up at Amy and is like, is this how business is run on the island? Like his voice is very stern and commanding. Shouldn't you be taking our order? So Harrison puts Amy in her place and he orders for them and then puts his hand on like the small of her back and guides her over to the wall to like wait for their coffees. And that's when, like, Joey kind of watches them for a moment and then heads out of the cafe without saying anything. Which you know that I love in these books. The man does that. Puts his hand on the small of her back. Love that. I don't know why. It's just very... What's the word? Is it an aphrodisiac? I don't know if that's the word. But you kind of know what I'm saying. Like, it is very, like, attractive. It is a very sensual thing to read. I don't know why. It could also be looked at as very possessive. I can see both sides, but I take the other side. So let me know what you think. So it's later that day and the royals, the duke and duchess, had invited Piper and her mom over to their place, their mansion, for some dinner and to get to know each other. And her mom had actually like baked a cake, which she's not a very good baker, but the cake actually had turned out. They had eaten their food, they'd started to eat cake, and that's when Piper notices that Harrison is outside kind of surveying things. She asks Monica, like, hey, is it against the rules if I bring Harrison some cake? And Monica just laughs and was like, the rules? No, I'm sure you'd appreciate it. So Piper goes out and hands him the cake and says, like, oh, am I, like, bugging you? Like, I mean, am I distracting? And he kind of, like, chuckles a little bit and he's like, you're definitely distracting. And he asks her straight up, like, why did you leave that guy at the altar? And she tells him, like, yeah, that guy was my ex, Joey. And as was the case with all the guys I dated, he was an a-hole. And I looked the other way for far too many things and far too many times until I found out that he slept with another woman on the night of his bachelorette party. Anyways, she didn't find out until her wedding day um just as she was like getting her hair done a friend of hers had texted her and told her what she had heard piper was like crying and texting calling everyone she knew and literally everyone who was supposed to be at the wedding in a few hours they all confirmed it but she did call off the wedding and that's what like that amy girl um the barista that what she said wasn't true. Like she didn't, Piper didn't technically leave him hanging at the altar. Like she had told his family she was calling it off. His family told her that she was being irrational. Like they're one of those families that have been on the island for decades and like have a lot of land on the island, have a lot of friends, a lot of power, and they didn't want to lose face by her calling it off. And she thought that they would shut it down. They didn't, so she left. And turns out they all proceeded like she was supposed to walk down the aisle, and this family uh, made her look like she was the bad one. 
And people still think that to this day. And so they don't treat her um, very well. And she's like, they know. They know and they don't care. Like, easy to vilify her. Like, make her the villain. Um, the one who keeps herself and doesn't, like, quite fit in. She's the one that gets the blame. Not their little golden boy. And while they were in that coffee shop, he had invited her to this bar that's on the island. And I guess he supposedly has this band. And Harrison asked her, like, okay, so I take it you're not going to go to a show next Friday? She's like, absolutely not. Unless you care to come with me. And he kind of, like, does a little small smile. And he's like, well, you boldly assume I have Friday nights off. And she starts to ask him about his life. And he opens up just a little bit. He seems like kind of a closed guy. And he tells her, like, yeah, I met Eddie in the army. And they became, like, really fast friends after he left. After Eddie left, um, Harrison stayed on. He did get injured um, on his leg and had to leave. And Eddie and him were still in touch. And, and Eddie was adamant that Harrison come and work for him. She's like, you know how you can really show me your appreciation? Come with me to the blowhole on Friday, which is that bar that Joey's going to be playing at. And he looks so offended and says like, why would you even want to go to that? And she's like, well, to show him I'm not afraid. Like they think that I'm afraid to go out and to go to this place. Like, I'd feel much safer if you were there. Like, do you want to go as protection or as a friend? And he finally nods and he's like, okay, like, I'll go as a friend. Like, I'll see what I can do. So it's the day of the blowhole, you could say. So I believe it, they said it was Friday. And Piper hadn't heard anything back from Harrison. So she doesn't know if he for sure is coming with her or like if he had bailed. So it's about an hour later and Harrison shows up and he is looking fine from at least the description that I'm given. That he's wearing this fitted black tee that shows off his tattoos and he's wearing these like charcoal gray jeans, dark work boots, like he's so ruggedly dressed down. When they get into the bar, and at that moment, um, she hears her name like across the room and it's Joey, of course, and he's walking over to her and not staying away, which is what she thought. And so she's like, oh, Joey. And she points at Harrison like, this is Harrison. Like, I, I don't think you were formally introduced last time. And Joey just kind of plays it cool. Like, oh, yeah. Like, hey, man, like you're the visitor. I just love Harrison. Because he comes back and it was like, oh, I'm sorry, what's your name again? Joey? And your Piper's what? Like, friend? And Joey is just, like, taken aback. Like, he can't believe that Piper didn't tell Harrison about him. And Joey's like, well, no, I mean, well, yes, like, uh, I'd say she's my friend. Like, we have a complicated history. And Harrison's like, uh-huh. So I see. It's like, it's good to meet Piper's friends. I hope they all treat her as dearly as I do. And so Joey, like, is just a weirdo and, like, walks away. And Harrison's like, at this point, he's, like, three beers deep. So he is drinking. And she asks him about his family, which we don't really know anything about his family at this point. And he tells her, like, oh, well, I have a mother, a younger brother and sister. They're back in London. And she assumes, like, oh, did your father skip out too? He's like, yeah, I mean, I never knew him. He knocked up my mom. That was it. Then my mom got knocked up by two other guys, had my siblings. None of them stuck around. So it was basically up to me to help my mom raise them. And he tells her, like, I managed to finish high school. Then I went straight to the army, figured it was the easiest way to support everyone. Like, he's starting to look a little bit drunk and a little bit unfocused. And so... And Joey comes over, he did his set, and he's like, oh, hey, like, you you guys, like, listen to my music? And they're like, oh, no, we didn't even know that you were playing at the time. And so he looks all offended, and then he looks over at Harrison, and he's like, hey, like, we were just talking about you. Like, I know who you are. And he's like, yeah, you're you're the bodyguard to the prince and princess or whoever they are on Scott Point, like, right next to Piper. Like, this all makes so much sense now. I mean, come on. Like, I knew you guys weren't a couple. That made no sense at all. Figures that you're her bodyguard or something. Though, honestly, I don't know why anyone would bother pestering Piper here. She's just a school teacher. No one important. Harrison's like, I, I don't know, at this point, it's like six or seven beers in. And he's like, why wouldn't we be a couple? But of course, like Joey, he's ignorant. He's like, 
well, sir, like, I don't normally compliment another man, but you're definitely out of her league. He's like, no offense, Piper, you're just, you know, and he's just, "Mm, well, I don't think you'd be leaving him at the altar like you did me. And she gets fed up at this point, which, yeah, understandable. And she, like, yells, and she's like, you're the one who cheated on me during your bachelor party. I didn't leave you at the altar. I called it off early because I found out that you were a cheating asshole. And he's like, sure, sure, sure. Like, keep telling people that. Like, no one in this town believes you. Except, like, maybe this guy, Harrison, if he's dumber than he looks. He, like, points his thumb, like, kind of like a hitchhiker over to Harrison. And Harrison, like, reaches out and, like, grabs Joey's thumb with, like, his hand and squeezes it, like, ready to snap it in two. So Joey's, like, oh, like, freaking out. And Harrison is, like, uh, is this how you treat all your customers by calling them dumb? Is this how you run your business? And Joey's, like, being pathetic and is, like, let go of me, like, let go of me, you have no idea who I am, who my family is, and Harrison, oh, he's mad, he's like, I don't give a flying F who your family is, like, but I'll let go of you, so he, like, releases Joey's thumb, he, Harrison's like, and if you ever insult me or Piper again, or any other customer who's coming here on a Friday night to give you business, then I'll make sure the world knows about it, now, if you want to save your bloody pub, I'd apologize and mean it and then wipe our bill clean, which I think is a very good deal. And Joey actually does it. <laughs> like he looks over at Piper and he says like, sorry, Piper. And then he looks at Harrison and he says, I'm sorry to you. The bill is on me. Whatever you want is on the house. Remember Amy, who is the freaking waitress or cashier at the coffee shop? Well, she's the waitress here at the bar too. And so he waves her over and was like, oh, like Amy will take care of you. And Piper knows like, okay, it's probably time to leave. Like he's slurring his words, waving slightly in his chair. Like, so she's like, okay. So she gets him into her car and then he's like, no, 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 like, don't take me back. Like, I don't want them to see me like this. So she like goes over to their little house or her little house She leads him to her bedroom. He falls on the bed. She takes off his shoes, puts like some Advil next to his head, and she goes and sleeps on the couch. And in the middle of the night, she actually hears this like cry. And so she goes down and realizes that it's Harrison having a nightmare. And so she like tries to wake him up like, hey, 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 like you're okay. Like you're okay. It's Piper. You're in my bed. You're having a nightmare. He finally wakes up. She's like, what were you dreaming about? Like, do you remember? He's like, yeah, it's, it's all the same. And he's like, I need to go back. Like, (laughs) I gotta go back. And he's like, but thank you. Like, thank you for taking care of me. It's been a long time since I've had that. And he like reaches out and brushes a strand of her hair back, like tucking it behind her ear, which is very sweet. But honestly, if my husband would have done that while we were getting to know each other, I would have been like, that is so cheesy. And I really hated that. The next day, she takes her dog for a walk and she stops by the mailbox. She starts to read one of the newspapers and there is a picture of Eddie and Monica with Harrison in the background, taken like in England at some time. And the headline says, Royal Bodyguard Involved in Altercation at Local Pub. It's just basically a hate article. But Piper isn't named in the article, uh, but she was given the title of local school teacher who is neighbors with the royals. So Monica pops her head out. She's actually on this powerboat that's hooked up to the dock. And she's like, yeah, since the news article came out, we can't be on the dock because there's so many boats. And Piper starts to apologize like, oh my gosh, like this is all my fault. Like I made him go like, and Monica's like, actually like, no, like it's not your fault. Like I am actually the one that made him go. Besides, I'm not concerned about what happened. I heard Harrison's side of the story and I'm sure yours is the same. Like he was defending you. So she feels kind of like down and she goes underneath the house, which their laundry is in their basement that they can get to like on the outside. And so she goes down there and Harrison is actually there standing by the dryer and it surprises her. And she's like, "Uh, (laughs) what are you doing here? Like, oh, sorry. Like the dryer still isn't fixed. And so I came by and your mom said like, it was okay if I used yours again. She calls him out like straight up. So like, oh, I guess this ends like your two weeks of avoiding me streak. And he just decides to like 
turn around as if like about to walk out the door. So she goes and grabs his arm and says like, oh, cool. So that's it. Like now you just walk off without saying anything. Like, is that what we're going to do every time we see each other now? Like every time you see me? And he just like looks down at her. He's like, I'm just doing what I can. And she's like, oh, really? So like at least like the next six months, like you're going to just pretend that I don't exist. Like why? You can you can tell like with these sentences, like the conversation that the tension is rising and you know what's going to happen. Okay, so it keeps going. Like, I don't know what we have between us, but there's something between us. Like you said as much yourself, like maybe it scares you. You said you'd be a lesser man if you kissed me. I think you'd be a lesser man for running away. And this sentence, this sentence, y'all, is just so descriptive. It says something in his eyes snapped. And I know I've crossed a line that I can't come back from. It happens so fast. There's no time to blink. The space between us disintegrates. And then his hands cup my face, his fingers pressing into my skin as his lips crash angrily against mine. Oh my gosh. I feel like I need to whisper this. But do you know what then happens? They make toast. And it's a beautiful scene. It just is so good. And I mean, if you want me to give you a play-by-play, I can give you a play-by-play. I have no shame. But I want to keep these scenes for you guys to read because they are spicy. He's like, okay, so you know this probably should stay a secret between us. And he's like, it's not that I'm ashamed, though. I, I don't want you to think that. It's... It's not about Eddie or Monica either. I just need some time. And she's like, it's okay. I get it. Like, you don't have to explain. I know you have a job to do. And I know things might get complicated. But we'll figure it out, right? And they discuss it a little bit more. And and they're good. Like, they have a good conversation. And he, like, leaves for the day. And the next day, he wants to go to the lake. And what better person to go to the lake with her but Harrison? So she was like, I'm going to make the first move. Like, I'm not going to wait for him. I am going to go to him. So she finds him and is like, yeah, I was wondering if you guys needed anything for the store or if you needed me to take you somewhere. And of course he's picking up what she's putting down. He's like, oh, okay. Like, so he gets in the car and he's like, where are you taking me? Um, she decides to take him to this lake and there's actually a fence around there and they get to the area and it's very pretty and she takes her clothes off and she's just in her underwear and jumps in the water. And so he takes all of his clothes off. And so he goes out to the water and they like have a conversation. He tells her like, hey, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, and she starts to worry like, oh no, like what is, what is he going to say? He's like, he, and he tells her like, I don't know how to make this work. Like, I don't know how to make it work. And that's true, but that doesn't mean I'm, I'm not going to try that. We won't figure it out together. When I say I don't know how to do this with you, I don't. I only know my job. Like, I only know my duty. There's no room for anything else. And so they just have, like, another conversation about this and just reasserting each other. Like, they can make this work. And then he, like, cuts her off with a kiss. And then they make toast in this lake, which I don't think I would ever do. Because just imagine all those germs. Like, maybe not, like, germ germs, but, like, eek, yucky. You know, like, that's just the word, like, yucky. Like, something could swim up your hole. Something could get all up in there. Like, you don't know what's in that lake. Like, I just, I don't know. That's a no for me, dog, from swimming in that lake and and making toast in that lake. Later that night at the dinner with the Duke and Duchess, they start talking about, like, what to do around the island and if they ever get bored and her mom speaks up and is like, oh yeah, Piper never gets bored. Like she reads a lot. And the prince, Eddie is like, oh yeah, like what kind of books do you read? And (laughs) this is so relatable. Like this sentence is so relatable. In her head, Piper says like, oh, well, here it comes. Like the question that every romance reader gets followed by the internal struggle, struggle of whether to tell the truth, tell a lie, water the truth down a bit the romance stigma is still real even with it being the most popular genre i decided to go for the truth and she tells him like romance like lots of romance historical contemporary romantic suspense if there's kissing and sex and swooning i'm on it and her mom actually says like oh did you know that piper has a podcast like it's about romance piper is so appalled because she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, she did not tell them. Like, she knows the podcast is a secret. 
she's like, Mom, like, please, no, no, no. And she's like, no, 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 I'm fine, Piper. And why can't I tell them about your podcast? It's a romance podcast. And he's like, actually, I, I was just talking about your podcast earlier, and I think I got the name wrong. It's romancing the podcast, right? Like, that's what I told them. And Piper starts to freak out. And she's like, what are you talking about? Who is them? She's like, someone called me earlier today asking questions about Piper. They were very interested in her. They said they were from a news site. I don't remember who. I, I should have wrote it down. And she's like, oh, like, I thought I was helping. Like, they sounded so nice. I told them all about you, about your podcast. I kept it very light. I told them that if they wanted to know you more, they'd have to talk to you. Give them your number. But I'm guessing they didn't call. <laughs> so Eddie and Monica are like, uh, what's happening? Like, why would they want to get to know you more? And that's when Harrison actually like steps up and he's like I'm afraid I know the answer to that question and I guess that there were some photographs published on Facebook that morning and Monica's like okay like what photographs and Harrison's like well Piper took me into town except she didn't really take me into town she took me to a lake you know the lake seemed private but there are some houses at the end of it and I guess someone in one of those houses was nearby and they took photos of them and Eddie was like, and so like, were you naked or something? And Harrison was like, well, I was. <laughs> and Eddie's like, um, okay, like whatever. And Monica's like, Eddie, Harrison was naked in a lake with Piper. What do you think was happening? Harrison's like, like someone identified the two of us. And I hate to say it, but it was that troublemaking B word, which we know it was Amy. So they have more conversations about it, kind of creating a game plan. Piper decides to go to the bathroom and then she checks her email and she actually sees a message from the school board. The title says like, you are under review. And so she like goes out of the bathroom and Harrison is there and he's like, hey, like, are you upset? Like what's happening? And she's like, no, no, no. Like I saw the pictures, but I don't care about the pictures. Like, um, but I did just get an email from the school board. Yeah. They said I'm under review. Like, because of the pictures. He's like, wait, no, that, that can't happen. And so he looks at the email and he's like, according to the email, someone filed a private complaint about her and her personal hobbies, they, saying that she's unfit to be a school teacher and that they don't feel comfortable with someone like her teaching at the school. Um, the school board has to take, like, the complaint seriously, of course. So they've set up a meeting on Monday for her to, like, state her case in front of everyone. Even though a romance podcast shouldn't be, like, a, a big deal, but whoever filed the complaint has made it, like, a really big deal. And that's when it's cute. And she's like, I more than like you, Harrison Cole. And he's like, and I more than like you, Piper Evans. It's very cute. Very good support right there. Next morning... He shows up. He's there to escort her to her hearing. And she doesn't tell her mom because basically this hearing is because of her mom. Like her mom was the one that put the podcast out there, told the tabloids about it. And that's where like the school board heard about it. And Harrison actually stays outside of the little room and Piper walks in and there's the principal. Her name is Georgia says like, Hey, Piper, like I'm going to let Maureen speak since she's the one who called this meeting. Um, but just so you know, this is all like a formality of what we must do with every complaint. Like, I know this is your first meeting with the board. I'm going to read like most of this um, because it's pretty self-explanatory. So you hear like the whole conversation of what she's like fighting for. Maureen says like, hey, like, thanks for coming on short notice. Like she says like, okay, as it was mentioned in the email, like a trustee member came across several things that put your role as a school teacher like in question, like I'm going to read off the two things that we vowed to investigate. One is the pictures that were published last Friday between you and the bodyguard. The photos taken were a breach of privacy on your behalf. And even if you were having an intimate moment with someone else, it's none of our business. However, the pictures were taken at Lake Maxwell, which has been sectioned off by the island committee and the watershed district board like the lake is considered private property and which brings us to the second issue which is the fact you have a romance book podcast and there's a guy there um his name's jerry he's the vice chairman he like snorts at that that immediately like sets piper off like she's really mad maureen goes on and says now what a teacher does in their private time is not an issue so long as it doesn't hurt anyone but when faced with this it was pointed out that if a teacher was promoting pornography outside the classroom then there would be swift punishment towards them piper is just like what like she is appalled and she's like whoa 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 
Like, are you suggesting that my romance podcast is akin to promoting for pornography? Maureen's face kind of goes red and she kind of like clears her throat again. And she's like, well, I mean, I'm saying that perhaps it could be perceived that way. And Piper calls her out and she's like, well, have you read a romance? Better yet, have you listened to my podcast? And Maureen like shakes her head. And Piper's like, so you're calling me up here to try to clear my name over something and you didn't even bother to listen to the supposed evidence? Barbara, who is actually Amy's mom, so she's like the town gossip and journalist. Barbara's like, oh, I did. Like, I listened to one and that's all I could take. You're an extremely crude and disgusting person and definitely not suited to teach the innocent children here. I was appalled as I read this and Piper is as well. Like she is so mad and she's like, my podcast is directed to a mature audience, to the romance reading audience. It's okay to read about sex. It's okay to have a book that's focused on both people falling in love and the woman's own pleasure. Like the genre has a lot of stigma attached to it, but only because some people are afraid of women's empowerment and sexuality. And Maureen is like, well, look, like it's all very complicated. And this is actually when Georgia, the principal, speaks up. She's like, actually, I don't think it is. Like as the principal of the school, I think I should get a, ma- a say in the matter. I know Piper is an excellent teacher. Like what she reads or does in her own time is her own business. And I will say you making this out to be something that's not just because you have a prejudice against romance novels doesn't mean that what you believe is true like it means you've bought into a dangerous inherently anti-feministic narrative i wish i had known about piper's podcast before because i would have loved to have felt like part of a community like especially when so many of the readers get shunned for it and it was of course like piper's podcast was anonymous until it was more or less doxxed like wouldn't you say that was correct, Piper? And she agrees. And she's like, yeah, it's like someone called up my mom and asked her a few questions about me. Like my mother thought it was helpful, but the podcast would have remained anonymous otherwise. And at this point, I think the board realizes that they are not winning this conversation. And Marina's like, okay, like you've made your point, but there's still the issue of swimming at the lake. And Piper tells her, like, no, there's no issue. You know why? Because it cancels out. Like, I have a right to privacy. Those pictures were posted without my permission. It was Barbara's daughter, Amy, who identified me in the pictures, which makes me think this whole thing is a conflict of interest. Certainly, Barbara here is biased. Like, look, you gave me two reasons why you called me in this meeting, and I argued my case on each one. But what it really comes down to is you don't know me. Like, you can't vouch for me. Only Georgia here knows me, and that's because I work with her. Like, I've lived here for years, and yet I barely recognize any of you. That's partially your fault for not getting to know your educators. It's also partially my fault for being a hermit. But why am I a hermit? Because I don't feel welcome here. And at that point, Maureen and Georgia were like, okay, like, okay, we're going to deliberate, and we'll let you know. And so Piper's like, okay. And she goes out, and Harrison is just standing there, and he's like, in awe. He's like, you did phenomenal. The next day, she actually gets a phone call from Maureen. Maureen tells her like, hey, I want to start by apologizing to you. Like, we should have investigated the complaint more carefully than we investigated you. Like, you never should have had to stand before the board and defend your hobbies. Like, particularly your interest in romance novels. That's no one's business. You really should have only been brought in like regarding your trespassing at the lake. And while I still wish you hadn't done it, like the photos were printed without your permission, which is an invasion of privacy. And like we decided that the person who filed the complaint was biased and had an agenda. She's no longer a school trustee, which means that yes, Barbara is not a school trustee anymore. Thank goodness. And with that, I wish to tell you that you will not be losing your job or receiving any form of punishment. Georgia was right. Like she vowed for you like you're a good person and I'm sure an excellent teacher Piper is so happy of course which we all are so happy like we didn't want her to lose her job and she goes and finds Harrison and tells him all about it he asks her like hey are, are you okay and she's like yeah, yeah yeah I'm like I'm fine I'm just I'm really happy and he's like I mean for us like and Harrison says like okay now that it's all out in the open like I think we should figure out where we stand like our future he's like maybe this is too forward I am not letting go of you I'm not pretending that I don't want more for us like more than this like I want more and she's like okay well I I want more too like but I know you have your job and the last thing I want is for that to come between us like you said it would take time to figure out how to make it work and balance and I 
believe you. Like, I'm by your side as it all gets sorted out. Like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, and at that point, Piper's like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. And she's like, I love you. He's like, okay, well, I'm not saying it because you did. Like, you just beat it to me. But I am very much in love with you. And it's so cute. And then it says, um, like, three months later, she is back at work because she was out for the summer. We are at the point where Monica and Eddie are moving back to England because she's at the point where there could be complications if she were to fly. So she has to go back. And Harrison has actually stepped down as a bodyguard. And he actually, like, wants to open a bakery. They have that goal to open a bakery. He moved in, actually, with... um her and her mom and her mom is actually now seeing Bert who was the uh, chief of police and so she mostly stays with him and so then Piper and Harrison have that little house but it is it, it is their goal to buy the big mansion Monica and Eddie lead back to England um, and then there's like the epilogue and it's actually two years later that Monica and Eddie and their baby who's now like two years old like they are coming back to the island. Uh, Harrison did open his bakery and he's super busy up before dawn. He loves it like and they saved up enough money and they bought the mansion. That is the end of that book. It was so super cute. A great storyline. We love that. We love that it kind of has ties to like real life with the real royals. And I just can't even imagine being in that life. You know, that just seems like a lot. Like you always have to be 100%, which I'm not about that. I cannot be 100% all the time. But I recommend reading that book, especially. I mean, I'm just going to say it because I'm not ashamed, especially for the spicy parts. They are some good scenes. I'm glad that you guys listened along and are following along. Definitely make sure to follow me on Instagram. Find me in a book podcast. I want to start recording these episodes, so maybe I can become famous on TikTok. Just kidding. I probably won't be, but that would be fun. Anyways, I'm glad that you followed along, and I really hope you pick up this book. So until next time, thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.